Have a drink with me, episode 12 featuring Stephen Ray Morris. Happy birthday, Mandy. Welcome to episode 12 of Have a Drink with Me. I'm Dylan Polniak, and as always, here with Tom Flynn. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Tom. How are you? Doing well. Great. And our guest today is Stephen Ray Morris. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having Morris. me. <laughs> uh, Stephen is a writer and a uh, fellow podcaster on our network. Well, not our network, network that we are a part of. Uh, Hello, Lion Face. So his yeah. podcast is called The Percast. Yeah, The Percast. Three R's. Three R's. Three that's R's. what I always tell so people. So do you pronounce it the Percast? Yeah, I mean, okay. hopefully people are doing I mean, I imagine everyone at home is doing that, but I can't, you know. Uh, you, should, you should do it once. <laughs> the mm. Percast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm not drunk enough yet to do that, but yeah. I'll do it again later. You yeah, did it anyway. That'll be a reoccurring thing on this episode. Uh, so what we're uh, what we're drinking today is margaritas mm-hmm. we're doing some uh some strawberry margaritas so if you hear crunching it's just us kind of like crunching the tiny bits of ice that are in our mouth on the microphone did i not blend it well enough no 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 it's good i love it but i i noticed that i am crunching a little bit i'm an ice chewer as well too I'm, but i'll try I'm and a, keep it to a minimum yeah <laughs> mine is like perfectly blended i say you know what if we like it let's do it and if the listeners don't like it they can just deal with it yeah right go listen it'll to be like else. an asmr thing we'll just like sort of chew. asmr yeah, yeah. I, you know what that is yeah. too oh i, oh, oh, I totally dude. have it so i yeah me too explain please asmr <laughs> autonomous sensory meridian response where oh, uh, okay cool yeah <laughs> duh <laughs> Where like basically people like whisper into uh, binaural microphones and do make like little videos and stuff like that, and it basically makes your brain like it's like a massage for your brain. Yeah, did you ever watch Bob Ross when you're a kid? Like the guy who would paint happy yeah. trees. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever just like zone out on him and just? Uh... Oh, all the time. Yeah, that's ASMR. You have it then. That's it, what that is. Where it's people, glorious. Like I'm uh, with yeah. you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm part of the team. Yeah, there's there's video if you have if you. Anybody ever has trouble sleeping? Oh, yeah. You can check out. You can just like type in ASMR to YouTube, and it's insane what people do. Yeah, I could probably pass out pretty easy if there was just like a looping video of him just going. Mm. There's people. There's people mm. who like blow into binaural microphones. You can hear it in each. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's like almost a whole industry now in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. Why are we doing this? We should do that. You should be talking about that. <laughs> But no, we're not we talking about that. We what should. are we talking about? Oh, go ahead. Do what, do your, do your so, thing. Sorry. No, it didn't matter what I was going to say. So we came to Stephen with the idea of our topic just being Jeff Goldblum, which is great. Doesn't need to be. <laughs> uh, doesn't need to be his movies. Doesn't need to be oh, TV. I don't have any movies. Anything. <laughs> just Jeff Goldblum. That is it. That's just our topic. Mm. Um, so originally, uh, Stephen came to us with gin. And gin and tonic? Yeah, it was gin and tonic, but I feel like a margarita. I mean, I had margaritas last night, and it's been that like weird, hot, wet winter, or like yeah. in the last couple of weeks. So I feel like a margarita almost feels like more appropriate. And it feels right. Also, I'm I know that you don't this. like gin and tonic, so I was like, oh, I, I, I love like to me, margaritas are like pinnacle of like enjoying like the sunshine and just being mm-hmm. with your friends. And yeah, stuff. we're so recording I, this outdoors. Yes, we are outdoors yeah, right now. There is a window, at least. Mm-hmm. To see the outdoors. We can see some There's trees. two windows. Sammy says there's two windows. <laughs> um, so I played the dickhead card because he originally wanted to do gin and seven up or gin and tonic. And we had done gin. And I said, I believe my response was gross. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. And then he said, oh, no, 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 no. We can do something else. And <laughs> then we ended up doing something else. So that's 
Well, these margaritas are very good, so it's like I'm having good. a great it's a it's a hangover margarita. So <laughs> Oh. All right, so Jeff Goldblum. Uh, it's kind of an odd topic for us to discuss because we usually talk uh, films or TV, play D and D. But this is kind of a pop culture podcast. I'd say. Sure, I'd say so. And I'd agree with that. What's more pop culture than Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, he's been in yeah. some of like the biggest movies. Like for a while in the late '90s, he was considered to be like the the guy you got to cast if you want the movie to be a freaking blockbuster you know yeah i mean he's a he's a very atypical leading man exactly. but i was when i was uh, uh i mean I'm, i know we're going to talk about it later but like i just i actually just watched the fly for the first time mostly i don't know why i just didn't see maybe because i was too young when like that movie came out but like yep. i was like looking back at like Jeff Goldblum in the like the late 80s early 90s and he was like a sex symbol. Yeah. Like he was yeah. like on the cover of magazines and like I'd say he still is kind of. I mean the guy's like he's like a classically trained sex thespian. Oh. <laughs> classically trained sex symbol. <laughs> classically trained actor. He's also like a jazz pianist. Like he could apparently he could if he he said if he wasn't an actor, he would be like a a musician. Well, yeah, and then I, I don't know if that's on. If I'm jumping ahead to your one of your items, but that he plays is. piano, yeah, every, every or he has residency at the yeah. Rock so Hall. the the last job I worked at, we did uh, a lot of the graphic design work for Rockwell Table and Stage, which is off of Vermont and Hollywood, I believe. And every Wednesday, Jeff Goldblum and his like orchestra will play, and it's like jazz. For hours. Yeah. Is it enjoyable? Do you like it? Um, I really enjoyed it because I love Jeff Goldblum yeah. and I find him completely entertaining. But like he'll be so he'll be playing on the piano and like the jazz is going and then he'll stop and he'll be like, Hey, remember that movie I was in? Winona Ryder was there too. Skip it a bop bop doop. And then he <laughs> no, no goes way. right back into piano. He like So he just kinda has like banter that yeah, he works into the Yeah, he'll be playing he'll He's playing jazz, and then he'll stop, <sighs> and he'll do like he'll do like movie trivia that, of shit that he was in, and then he'll just be like shababa, and then he just goes he right starts, back into it. Starts scatting, yeah, it's like jazz IMDb, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jazz <laughs> that is like exactly it. I believe he did have IMDb pulled up on his phone, no shit, while he was doing that because he was like testing the audience to see. I just dropped all my paperwork to see like what people like knew about him. Have you gone to it at all? No, but now that I'm um, living close to that area, I mean, if people don't want to know where I live. No, um, I really want to check it out because it's one of those things that's like almost like a, it, it sits around for people like, oh, that's something like in L.A. that you like got to do. Yeah, right. And it's one of those things where it's almost like you take it for granted because he does it so often. Mm -hmm. So it almost doesn't feel special. But then, you know, every once in a while you'll see a different friend on Facebook with getting a picture with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird because, you know, he'll bring up all the random trivia and stuff about his movies, but when he's there, he's a musician and he's, you know, he shakes everybody's hands, does pictures with everybody as a musician. So he's not like, I'm a movie star, like worship me. It's like, he's not pretentious. We're about just, it. we're just here to play some jazz. Right. But I think that's, I was in this movie, Shabbat Shabbat. <laughs> but I think that's great because, like, all the whenever we see a, a an actor, uh, you know, playing a rock band like Russell Crowe or something, we kind of like roll our eyes. But like, oh, Jeff Goldblum likes jazz. Okay, cool. That like that's totally on brand yeah. for him, yeah, and also yeah. makes him cooler. In right. A way. And the guy, I was going to add this earlier. He's he seems to get the guy gets more handsome the older he gets. Jeez, Tom. right? 
I, I mean, an Independence Day 2 trailer. Oh, my. You know? Yeah. Good looking God, guy. You know? All like, scruffy guy. and like. Get a room, you two. <laughs> Me and Jeff Goldblum? Sure. You, Steven, and Jeff. Mm. <laughs> Every time, every time that something is brought up about Jeff Goldblum, Tom's just going to interject with, "He was really handsome in that. He's like a sex symbol. He's like a classically trained sex symbol. (laughs) (laughs) True, he's classically trained sex symbol. Gorgeous. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, he's uh, he's awesome with that. Uh, Speaking of um, uh, actors doing musical stuff, in 2009, Ryan Gosling did uh, his band. Oh yeah, Dead Man's Bones. And he did a big tour around L.A. And he actually had the not I don't want to say Echo Park. It might have been Echo Park or Los Feliz uh, Children's Choir singing yeah. on the album. So good. Singing which album? Uh, the album that he released oh, as okay, Dead, Man Bo- Dead, Dead Man's Bones. Okay. Yeah, that it's song was good. on my coworker's Spotify rotation. My old coworker, like, you know, because we shared an office. So she would play that one song with the Children's Choir like all the time. So like, It was so good. Hmm. Yeah. But like. Looking at Ryan Gosling, you don't think this guy has a band where he's singing. I feel like it's that Disney training, like the, you know, being trained as like a Disney star. So mm-hmm. he just knows how to like sing and dance. And like, yeah, that's all like, like as a child, he was like trained to become like, yeah, you know, like beep bloop. Yeah. So he's using his powers for good, I think. Mm. Yeah. So, Tom, you haven't heard it. I have not heard it's, it. No, it's very like it's like Halloween. Like punk. Like, like Misfits. Kind of. Okay. He sings. Folks he sings. It's like a dark Elvis, so like, like a folk, like the Misfits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but more folk. Okay. Oh, folky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. I heard him. Well, never mind. We're not I'll play. I'll play we're not going to talk about. Play the okay. Baby Goose. We'll play it. Baby Goose. That was his name in the in the band. Okay. <laughs> Baby Goose. Baby Goose. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so this is the podcast where we talk about Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, the Rockwell table and stage was something on my list that I wanted to touch on, but yeah, absolutely check that out. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw that once you, once you were telling me about it or once we were talking about it, I looked and there is a date, I think this week when we're recording this, like in the end of February or whatever, I don't know if I'm uh, to date the March podcast. 15th. March 15th. <laughs> I don't know if I, you, knew, you never birthday. know what the, the etiquette is for like referring to the temporal stuff during a podcast. Right? Yeah. But, um. But I, and then I was listening the other day to um, another podcast, and they mentioned that he does his residencies when he's not filming a movie. Mm-hmm. So once he's done filming something, oh yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back at it like on a weekly basis, which I'm really excited. Like I'm definitely gonna like the moment new tickets go on sale, like I'm gonna yeah. get it. Um, yeah, with 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 the Rockwell table and stage, we were, when we were doing posters, it was like until this date, and then. For two years, he just kept doing it. What? So he was always at Rockwell Table and Stage. And that was just kind of a thing. Like, oh, yeah, Jeff's, Jeff Goldblum's playing Wednesday. Like, we should go check it out. Yeah. Like, again, I took it for granted. Like, the because I've been in LA for almost five years and I still haven't seen it. Before we, we talk about any other Jeff Goldblum movies, I have to talk about one of my favorite Jeff, because I, because I mentioned, like, we're not, it's Jeff Goldblum, not Jeff Goldblum movies per yeah. se. And one of the biggest things for me growing up, um, going to college and you know with the rise of youtube and everything the biggest like earliest meme for me was drunk jeff goldblum yeah uh where somebody just slowed down his apple commercials down like 50 percent. it's like you give him back a box 
and you, you know, and it's just like yeah. it's so it's so bizarre because then you yeah, see the regular commercials and he's he talks like this and he's like it's crazy, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that, yeah. There's a, it's crazy, like yeah, yeah. It's so funny and just so like you could almost just like imagine that they would play them at that speed and that would be as engaging as just playing it like of him being normal. Yeah. Like I want to, I want an old iMac now, you know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many great Jeff Goldblum memes out there on the, uh, on the internet. Yeah. Just, in general. Yeah. Cause there's the, I, I mean, I'm sure our listeners know the moment in, uh, well, his character introduction in, in the wonderful Jurassic park mm. where it just cuts to them riding towards Jurassic Park in a helicopter. And his introduction, he's just sitting there facing uh, Dr. Grant and what's her name? Laura yeah. Dern. Uh, Ellie Sattler. Yeah, Ellie, 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 Sattler. Ellie, Dr. Ellie Sattler. And in yeah. this, he's he's more he's looking just, just straight forward yeah. than actually at them. Right, and he's just like, he's like eating peanuts or something. And he's like, so uh, <laughs> you guys uh, dig, up, dig up dinosaurs? And they're like, they confirm. They're like, yes, we do dig up dinosaurs. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what that laugh is all about. I think, and my theory is that um, the script said something like he he does a roaring sound to kind of like joke with them or something like a roar or something like that. But he also laughs, and so he wanted to work the roar into the laugh. I don't oh, know. I like that. That's what I because like that because if you've seen if you've seen the Lost World the sequel, uh, there's a like his introduction in that he's on the subway and there's a guy he's like hey there's a guy facing him he goes hey you're that guy, and then the guy goes Rah! and he like does the dinosaur roar at him and Jeff Goldblum's just kind of like yeah whatever <laughs> yeah it's great. So yeah, speaking of the uh, his laugh, somebody has worked the laugh into like a uh, little pop song type. It's of so thing. great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a chill. Like it's almost. Um, I feel like growing up, my dad would get these like these like Buddha lounge like chill. Like it's like that weird trip hop. Like you just yeah. put it in the background, kind of like right, like chill, kind of like it's not quite dancey or anything. It's just it's like, like tricky or something. Yeah, 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 and like like that's the kind of vibe of the the that remix of his laugh is yeah. like the like like it's just like this really like kind of slow yeah. beat. And you like, do it, you do it, and I'll do the laugh. <laughs> there's like like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's We're like i gonna loop that for the yeah. rest of the episode <laughs> it's like weird like weird like wind chimes like the guy yeah, uses yeah, like wind chimes so and good. stuff you're just like what <laughs> like i'm gonna just this, i'm at a hookah bar right now <laughs> anytime we laugh on this i'm gonna try turning it into yeah. the jeff goldblum laugh well anytime anytime i do a line from a movie he's like so uh <laughs> remember when uh you guys turned me into a fly <laughs> like that's that was, that was half of uh, David Duchovny's impression of Jeff Goldblum on SNL. Oh, yeah. Because right. they did the um, motioning, a clicking motion. Uh, mm-hmm. What Alex Trebek. What's uh, Jeopardy? Jeopardy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and David Duchovny did Jeff Goldblum, and I feel like half of that impression is just laughing before and after every ah, line. Ah, oh. mm. Yeah, it's just him like making weird sounds. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I didn't. Well, I watched the movie when I was extremely young, but someone brought up that I should listen to the laugh that he does in that. So when I looked it up, the first video I saw was that looped like remix. Right. Oh, really? So I thought it was fake, like 
No, there's no way that Jeff Goldblum laughs, laughs like, like this that. in the movie. No, and then I went back and watched the actual clip and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. But the best thing is, is like, no one probably looked at that and was like, we need to redo this. They're probably like, no. Oh, perfect. Well, yeah. Spielberg is such a, such a, um, what's it called? Efficient filmmaker that that was probably true. the only take. That's true. Like, yeah. he's just like, you know what? This gives it character. Let's do it. Like, yeah. he was just down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he kind of cast Goldblum knowing what he was getting himself into, know, like hoping that he would do stuff like that, because I think he'd probably establish himself as sort of like an offbeat actor. At that well, yeah, point. that's the that's the weird thing that yeah. I keep learning about, like more is because that to me was such a, uh, I think actually in Julian's episode in the Rush Hour Two episode, it's like a seminal film, and I saw it at a really particular age and just sort of like imprinted on me. And uh, so to learn that like Laura Dern was like actually like this David Lynch muse and, yeah. and, and Jeff Goldblum was this kind of like more artsier actor. And it's mm-hmm. like, he, like Jeff, Steven Spielberg was like, Oh, take all these artsy actors and put them in my blockbuster. Like, yeah. And it's weird for me almost to go back pre Jurassic park and look at those actors. Jeff. Yeah. Goldblum it's weird. Yeah. I remember thinking like, I, I hadn't really seen Laura Dern in much, but then I saw, I became a big David Lynch fan later later on after I saw Jurassic Park and mm-hmm. I was like, wait. So Laura Dern went from doing like Wild at Heart and the you know Blue Velvet yeah. and like all these crazy David Lynch movies to doing Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's wow. like what did they Yeah. Well, and then now she's going to be in spoilers, she's going to be in Star Wars episode 8, which fucking blows my mind. Yeah. Awesome. Best part is is her and Jeff Goldblum were engaged. Yeah, I sent you. I think I sent you a picture of them together. They yeah. look super. I mean, Jeff Goldblum, like that would have been on my list. Like Jeff Goldblum fashion, like his glasses are like always on point. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, like pictures of like Jeff Goldblum in the '90s and the '80s, like either with Laura Dern or like with Gina Davis. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I could just dress like that all the time, that would be amazing. <laughs> like. Like, like Jeff, Jeff like Goldblum, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just like if I could have Laura Dern's beautiful, gorgeous blonde hair, I would, man, yeah, I would kill for that. I would be a sex symbol, uh, just yeah. a classically trained, classically sex trained sex symbol. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, one of the notes I had about uh, Goldblum is that he like is either married or engaged to his co-stars, like Gina Davis. He was married to her, yep, and they did three consecutive films together, which were Earth Girls Are Easy. Uh, the fly and what was the other one? Oh, I, I just looked it up. I can't. yeah, so did I. Oh, it's got a really long name, but those those were like the two big ones. That yeah, because like Jim Carrey, I forgot because I saw Jim, Earth Girls was easy. Jim like Carrey, a long time ago. Damon Wayans, and Jeff Goldblum, just a comedy triumvirate, right? As aliens, yeah. Yeah. like, and their costumes are crazy. I was like looking up that yeah. movie again, and I'm just like, like, what is this movie? Like, yeah. Like, I feel Julie like that's Brown. a movie nobody. T- I wonder if that movie. Can- I always have a theory that if a movie comes on Netflix, people will rediscover it and reappreciate it instantly. Mm-hmm. Like anything that's on Netflix now, any TV show that's on Netflix gets an instant revival. Gilmore Girls, X-Files, like it all comes back. That's true. Full House. Um, so they should yeah. put Earth Girls Are Easy on Netflix. And I feel like people will be like writing, you know, articles about like how this was like an underrated, underappreciated yeah. movie. It there, was on there for a while. I oh, it was on there? Oh, happy. cool. Because I looked up Jeff Goldblum movies on Netflix and it's really like nine months and like Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Yeah. Like that's about it. I feel like Netflix is a little lacking in Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That's a problem. Uh, <laughs> one of my notes actually is about Jeff Goldblum and Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Really? Remind me again. Was he like a spokesperson for Shrim or something? 
Uh, something like that. He starts the movie walking up to the camera and he goes, uh, hello, I'm Chef Goldblum. And it comes up, <laughs> C-H-E-F Goldblum. And I love how much he makes fun of his name. Uh, Steven sent me a video oh, yeah, today morning. of him saying, people always ask me how I pronounce my name. Is it Goldblum or Goldblum? And I ask, or I tell them, why are you talking to me? <laughs> he's like, he's like, how dare you speak? Like, yeah. like ugh, such confidence. Yeah. Uh, another fun thing about his name is his middle name is Lynn. L-Y-N-N. Jeffrey Lynn Goldblum. Jeffrey Lynn Goldblum. Interesting. That's a fun fact. Have you guys ever seen Death Wish? No. I haven't. That's his first film role. He's like thug number two. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember it's reading about this. crazy. Because he's like, he... He's not Jeff Goldblum in that movie. Like I refuse to believe it's Jeff Goldblum because he's, like he's a basically rapist, isn't he? he? He he rapes the woman, beats the shit out of uh, out of uh, Charles Bronson's wife and kid, Jeez. and like kills them and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, well, Annie he's Hall a was bad guy. Really, his first. Oh, yeah, I love. Yeah, that that, that is his first. Sets breakout. the tone for his whole career. Basically, yeah, does, are you you familiar with this? Didn't he have like one line? He had one line that's fucking classic. Something about his he's, mantra. Yeah, well, he's like talking. It's. It's like Woody Woody Allen's character has has gone to L.A. and he's just like he's a New York guy, so he's totally fish out of water. He's at this L.A. party, and he's exiting a room, and as he's exiting, it lingers on Jeff Goldblum on the phone. He's like, "Yeah, I need my psychiatrist. I, I I've forgotten my mantra. <laughs> I forgot my mantra. That's, I don't know. It's funny, but he just has it in his particular cadence. That yeah like... yeah I, yeah I yeah I totally fucking butchered it, but you know. Yeah, thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Sorry, Jeff. I mean, he's pretty like, I mean, you know, Tom's already talked about how sexy he is, but I feel like a lot of my friends. <laughs> It'll happen again. I just feel like a lot It'll of my friends again. growing up and the people that I hung out with, like Jeff Goldblum was the like sexy. It's the, the, it's the Harrison. It's like you're either Harrison Ford or Jeff Goldblum. Like that was like kind of either or like um, the type of people I hung out with or like my creative friends, like, like any of my like like uh you know lady friends or whatever like growing up they would all be like oh jeff goldblum is like so sexy and it's just like even in jurassic park he's like totally like hitting on sam you know he's hitting on ellie sattler yep well what she's great is she's like totally going along with it like my, like sam neil is like such a wet blanket in that movie in a way it's true but like you just see them having fun and then it's just like it's almost like curb your enthusiasm just like pans over to sam neil and he's like, just like yeah <laughs> But it's funny because it's like I was I was talking to somebody on Twitter today and or mentioning that like if they ever brought Jeff Goldblum back to the Jurassic Park franchise, like they would totally make his character because it's about the nostalgia. They would make his character like the original Jurassic Park, like in the sequel. He's just this like concerned, worried, like uh, downer. And then in Jurassic Park, he's like so fun. And it's like, they're, if they're going to bring there's, him back, they're going to bring him back like that. There's some fun stuff in The Lost World. I yeah. love The Lost The Lost World. The Lost The Lost World. I love The Lost World. Wisson. I love The Lost World. So I actually really like The Lost World. I think no, no, probably, I do too. But it's just in terms of like, yeah. because if you were ever to come back, I feel like I was saving this for the for closer to the end, but I feel like this is... Because he's in, showing up in Independence Day 2. Yep. And I feel like that shows that he's like willing to like, well, he can buy a, a new house with Independence yeah, Day yeah. 2 money. But I feel like now with him being in Independence Day 2, he, he'll be down to reappear in a later, in a newer Jurassic World movie, whether it's 2 or 3. Mm -hmm. 
and my theory was that they're going to do like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing at the end of uh, at the end of Jurassic World 2. They're like, oh, we need a real dinosaur expert to like help us against this problem. And then it's like the door opens and it's like life finds a way. And it's like, yeah, Jeff yeah, Goldblum. yeah. And he, like, uh, and then it's, in the third one, he's like a new he's like part of the supporting cast again. Let's, like uh, dig up some dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> cut to credits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's just him laughing through the Over, entire, through, through the credits, through all the credits. No music, just <laughs> ambience and him just laughing like that. Yeah. But I feel like that's what they're like. I feel like with him being an independent state too, it feels like he's game to be in these kind of bigger blockbusters again. And I feel like with the direction of where the Jurassic World franchise is going, they can put in older characters again and not feel, not feel contrived or whatever. Yeah. Cause, uh, so I was listening to your book. I would love to read it, but I don't have time to read books. So I have to listen to (laughs) them through audible. It's on audible. Find it. Um, The book is called molding a Jurassic universe. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, by, uh, you brought up Morris. a good point so i'm guessing you read the book because the Jurassic the Jurassic park book yeah i've read it like 10 times okay because you you brought up a <laughs> I'm lot about, of I'm about my business son. Yeah. yeah you brought up a lot of uh a lot of pointers where um <laughs> <laughs> where uh I love Sammy's laughing. So where right Jurassic now. world took things from the book yeah. that you thought Steven Spielberg should have taken well, it's just. Um, but I'm saying, like, with that, like, bringing Jeff Goldblum back, his character from the first one is more homage to the book than the second and third film. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Jurassic World was a movie that should have been, that should have came out in 1997. Like, as much as I like Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, I mean, Jurassic Park 3 only works if you think of it as an Alexander Payne movie because he was one of the last people to have a rewrite on it. Yeah, just imagine right. if you just imagine Paul Giamatti in the role of Alan Grant. Yeah, well, uh, you know, there's dinosaurs and uh, just, uh, you know, it's a fucking eat me. You know, <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that you pulled that out because I think about that all the time. Yeah. Like I think about, well, like, you know, there's fucking dinosaurs out there. <laughs> that's half yeah. of Jurassic Park three is him just being like, "Fuck, I'm stuck with all these horrible people." Oh, uh, great. You know, it's just, you know, I got, <laughs> I got this fucking family. You know. Tom came up to me one day at work and he goes, I think I can do a good Jackie Chan impression. And I was like, "Um, all right. He's like, yeah, I was in the shower and I just kept doing this one line over and over and over. And I I just think I really got it. And then the line, which was in our last episode or one of our last episodes with Julian was, I have to tell my uncle. So I feel like any time that he does some sort of impression on this fucking podcast, it's, been it's because it's, he's doing it in the shower. <laughs> well, I don't know. I fucking wash my hair and uh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I just uh, got to get some work. I'm running out of a Veda, so. You know. I don't know. I'm also fidgeting a lot while I'm doing it. it means while you you're be in drinking the shower? more. Yeah, yes. drink more. Uh, we've already, I mean, we're about two full margaritas down. We've got maybe... Maybe enough for one each. Which is why Paul Giamatti came to visit. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not George. Don't even. Nope. nope. Um, <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Uh, Great. I love that that's, that's what we got into. We, we dovetailed in, in down this weird path of, of <laughs> actors and movie impressions and stuff. And it's great. Uh, but I, yeah, but I mean, just like, uh, I think if they're going to bring, because again, it's all about like, again, when, when Force Awakens came out, Han Solo is the scoundrel again. Mm-hmm. Like they're, go- they're not going to have Jeff Goldblum come back and be like, 
oh, I hate, like, why did I get dragged into this mess? He's going to be like, he's going to be like sexy and like cool and right. suave and stuff. Like, I if guess they bring he, him back. To he the- wasn't really like sexy and cool and suave. Like he was like, cause in, in Jurassic Park, he was, you know, flirting with Ellie the entire time <laughs> in Lost World. He's basically cleaning up his mess. Like he, yeah. he's, or he's looking after his kid. He's like, you know, he has like this Julian daughter, Moore, like, right. He's, you know. yeah. And he's like, it's basically just he doesn't really want to be there. He's basically there because he's been he's seen the dinosaurs before, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh but he still has these weird quirky lines that I think are hilarious. <laughs> One of which like a spoiler alert at the very end of The Lost World, the T-Rex and the baby T-Rex, I believe, get released in uh, San Diego. San Diego, yeah. yeah. Right. Burbank. Bur- <laughs> yeah, Burbank. For, it's Burbank for San Diego. <laughs> Downtown right Burbank. Down, yeah, it's like- San Fernando Road. So um, so uh, Jeff Goldblum has a plan. Or, yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore have a plan to, like, capture the baby T-Rex so that the grown T-Rex will follow them. Yeah, lead it back to the boat. And he's worried that the... Uh, that that the T-Rex is going to recognize him from the <laughs> island that they were on. And he's like, so you don't think that it's going to be like you. <laughs> yeah. The delivery is so great. Yeah. You, you <laughs> like, a, yeah. Uh, like he, he's so, he's so good at those like weird one liner kind of, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you sell that moment. Like I think Must even go in, faster. Like even in the independence day trailer, like he, like his version of the like my god like is done mm-hmm. in such a his aff- affectation that it feels like fresh again. Oh yeah, and the, I remember being like having chills with the Lost World trailer because there's a part where he comes up and it's very hushed and quiet. It's like all this shit happens and then it goes quiet and then he goes, "Run <laughs> as fast as you can," and then it cuts to like more mayhem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was uh, that's Jeff Goldblum. He can do it all. Yeah, I, I wonder if he like thinks of how he's going to deliver the line or if that just comes natural to him like all right so this scene i'm gonna keep coming back to this because it's fucking awesome his damn laugh like he was thinking like all right so i'm gonna have to (laughs) (laughs) well one of his tim and eric sketches is like the like hi i'm jeff goldblum and he talks about the like the i don't think it's from the movie but i think it's just the sleep aid thing like where he sleeps for a week or whatever Mm Like that, it's that same thing where he's just like, like talking to himself and then it's, yeah, having that s- similar intensity and it's like, yeah, I, I guess it's it, when we eventually see him at the Rockwell, we're going to have to see, like, what if he just has no affectation and it's just like, oh, hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. And you're like, and you're like ah, come on, oh, why no. don't you Goldblum out a little true. bit? Very not true. Yeah. It was, it, he was, he was Goldblum 100%, just, you know, playing, uh, so... I was in that movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just can't imagine like a childhood Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like a, can you, I can't even imagine Jeff Goldblum as a kid. Yeah, can no you imagine friends. him as a little ten year old? Like his mom's not going fast enough, and he's like, "Must go faster." <laughs> you guys realize that he says that in, in both Jurassic Park and Independence Day. And Steven Spielberg was pissed. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Um. Yeah, I was watching. I watched a video today of. Him delivering that line, uh, apparently Steven Spielberg, Steel, Steel, Steel Pilberg. <laughs> when the margarita comes Steven in. Steven Steel. Steel. Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Steel That's, that's yeah. the porno actor. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Jurassic Pork. Was upset. Directed he, by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Uh, Jurassic porn. Pork. Get it? Like a penis? 
No, I don't okay. know what that is. I, so, I don't either. Uh, he was upset because he delivered almost the exact same line in another movie. That was like, his, like it was like yeah, it was like iconic that he did the faster, 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 faster. faster. Yeah, when the when the T Rex is chasing them in the truck, and he's you know you see the objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And uh, yeah, he's like sitting in the back, he's facing the T Rex, and he's going, "Must go faster, must go faster." A couple years later, Independence Day, uh, yeah. Will Smith is is piloting the alien ship, trying to get out of the mothership. Yeah, and the doors to the mothership are slowly closing, going to cave them in, and he's going, "Must go faster, must go faster." So I mean, it's almost like the exact same line. Like you could probably take those snippets of audio and lay them over, and they would be the same. Yeah, timing. I don't think he was even vocalizing. I think he just he just mouthed it, and they <laughs> used the di- uh, yeah. audio. Yeah. From they just Jurassic pulled Park. the ADR from the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's I mean same AD- the Goldblum Library. Yeah, <laughs> Goldblum. Oh my god, I would love that. There's a there's a great um for a lot of the behind the scenes of. Because there was a making of Jurassic Park that was uh, hosted by James Earl Jones. I don't know if you, either of you have seen it. Mm-mm. It's I like from did. it's it's from when Jurassic Park first aired on NBC in like ninety three or ninety four. Sure, yeah, ninety four. Um, and the the Gary Rydstrom, who's like you know he's like basically number two to Ben Burt in terms of like the world's greatest sound yeah. designers. And like uh, there's a scene of uh, or uh, in the behind the scenes where it's Gary Rydstrom playing the sounds of the Raptors on the piano, where he's like. Or like on a piano, like on a synthesizer. Right. Just imagine that with like Jeff Goldblum, like like different like pitches and everything. Yeah. It's just like life uh, finds a way. Life, uh, life you know, like and, uh, you're selling it. You're selling it faster. <laughs> oh my god, that was another thing in the fly because I just uh, I was mentioning to them uh, to to Tom and Dylan earlier that I just seen the fly today for the first time because I again so I was probably good. too young. So good. But there's a scene where he's banging on the coffee table with dishes in a similar way that he where does he, in Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's so not. Again, it's that he's like his voice. He's not. He you can tell he's pissed off, but he's not screaming or shouting. He's just like speaking very. Very like in a very curt manner, but he's pounding on pounding the table, the table at the yeah. same time, you know. But I was like, oh, there's another because I was shit because the Independence Day line of the Jurassic Park line, and then yeah. the fly to Jurassic Park with the same yeah action same thing. My one of my favorite parts from the fly is Jeff Goldblum has basically been his his DNA has been mashed up with a fly, and so he's basically been he's slowly turning into this fucking fly, and. But one of the first things that he realizes is that he suddenly has these crazy reflexes and this this ridiculous strength because, you know, a fly is like very strong for its size and stuff like that. So he uh, I believe he gets into a fight with Gina Davis, who is his love interest in the movie. And so he decides to go out to a bar where these two dudes are arm Ooh, wrestling. Yeah. yeah, they're arm wrestling. And like and um, he starts hitting on this girl in this very Jeff Goldblum way. And he's like, so, uh, <laughs> you guys, uh, you want me to arm wrestle you? <laughs> and, then, and he like, so Jeff Goldblum winds up arm wrestling this guy. And, um, while he's arm wrestling him, like it cuts to a shot of like both hands clasped together and they're like trembling, like shaking really quickly. And like, you see like this weird fly pus start to like, yeah. goo, like ooze from between their hands and then Jeff Goldblum just fucking breaks the guy's arm in half. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so oh that's so brutal. That's the only and scene then, I've seen. From and this then movie. he's just like, all right, <laughs> let's go. And he takes the girl and they go. And I believe they just did. 
have sex or something? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They bone remember. down, but he wants to like. Yeah, they bone down. They bone down. They slow bone it, but like he like because he wants somebody to like keep up with him. Yeah. June Davis is like, I'm not going to go into the fly machine. Like, I'm not going to go into the machine. So she's, but she's, is she pregnant with his fly? Uh, n- not at his... that point in the story, but. It, Oh, that scene, on. oh my gosh, her like dream abortion sequence oh, with like shit. a little maggot yeah, is like crazy. so horrifying. Uh, they, she gives birth to a bit like a giant maggot. It's awful. It's like Spoiler it's. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The fly is great. Yeah. Yeah, it turns 30 this year. So uh, really? we'll get out those like think pieces and stuff, you know? So good. <sighs> so does that does the girl that he picked up in the bar have a fly baby too, maybe? Mm. That, they, that's that they're when they do the like reboot slash if she sequel. was ovulating maybe yeah yeah, we'll yeah fly two direct direct to dvd well they well they did have a fly two with eric stoltz playing they did uh, jeff remember. goldblum's son yeah but um not then, not a cronenberg movie though no no and uh gina davis was also like didn't come back for it either no it was nobody from the original from yeah, the, well, yeah. original was like vincent price but you know <laughs> the original remake <laughs> there you go um have you guys ever seen the big chill no, that's the one. I'm not. Uh, written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan, who has written three badass Star Wars movies: <laughs> Empire, Return of the Jedi, and Force Awakens. Um, yeah, it's like it's a movie about uh, these college friends. Well, I guess they're like lifelong friends. They're one of the one of the friends of their group has died, and so they've all kind of reconvened uh, to go back to their hometown to go to the funeral, and. Um, there's actually like a really Jeff Goldblum is one of the friends and he's like a uh, he's a journalist for like a really successful magazine. And so he's kind of like doing a piece on, you know, what it's like for these these people to come back and all kind of be under one roof again and like, you know, have, haven't seen each other for a long time. Um, but there's a moment in that where uh, Jeff Goldblum gives a really understated performance. Um, they're all at the funeral Kevin Klein gives up, gets up and gives this like really, you know, uh, sad eulogy of his friend who's died. And then he goes and sits down and uh, Joe Beth Williams gets up and she's going to play like the recessional music on the organ. And she starts playing. You can't the opening chords that you can't always get what you want by the Rolling <laughs> Stones. And it cuts to a shot of Jeff Goldblum just kind of looking down and he just a smile comes over his face. <laughs> and yeah, well, and well, that smile tells you so much more about like their relationship and the type of guy that this, their friend who died yeah. was. And I was just like, I don't know. I was just, that was a great Jeff Goldblum moment for me. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I want to check out. Cause again, my, I'm so informed about Jeff Goldblum through the more genre movies and the blockbusters yeah. that he did. So it's, it's like kind of fun. It was fun looking at his discography and like, or just see, he's in some movie um, that was, it's on, it's one of the only Jeff Goldblum movies I feel like on Netflix. It's like a French movie about, uh, or it's not a French movie. It's a movie set in France where it's like Jim Broadbent and then um, Lindsay Duncan, I think her name is. Okay. And it's like this old couple that go to like, uh, you know, try and save their marriage or whatever. But like Jeff Goldblum is like listed as the third star of this. And it's oh, like, I'm so like, it's on Netflix. So I, I want to watch it, but I'm like so curious to like the whole trailer is centered on this like old couple. And then it's like Jeff Goldblum has like one line in the trailer and he's just like, Oh, you know, cheers to life or whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> what is, That's what is good. like, what it like, this is such a strange, like I'm used to him fighting dinosaurs and aliens and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I'm curious to see more of his like non-genre <laughs> work. Well, because I mean, the, I feel like Wes Anderson is like his second. That's true. Yeah, second, like a my... different phase of his career. 
there's in the big chill, uh, there's a character who she's like with all of her friends and she wants a baby. She wants a, she wants to get pregnant and she feels like the, um, who better to, to father her child than like some, one of her best friends from, <laughs> from, you know, her group. And so Jeff Goldblum hears about this and wants to be the father. And so he, he's the whole time he's like, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, he's been wanna, a sleaze the whole time. <laughs> Want to have a baby with me, or uh, <laughs> I'm a good candidate. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> he's always been like very, uh, again, for such a weird looking guy. In a way, he's. It's funny to hear that his whole career he's been kind of like a sexy. Weirdo. Yeah, he's classically trained as a sex. He's like classically trained sex symbol. <laughs> You forget. I mentioned this at the beginning. Yeah, yeah just like the only like... thing written on my page here. <laughs> Classically trained sex symbol. Oh my gosh. Have you guys ever seen The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension? I haven't. I would love to. I believe that uh, Gina Davis was in that movie as well. And that was the third movie I was trying to think of that okay. they were in together. Because, yeah, Jeff Goldblum was in that. And Peter, Peter Weller's in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Life Aquatic ending credit sequence was Is based off of... Based off of the ending of that. Yeah. yeah. Same ending credit sequence. So mm. Jeff, yeah. it's a Jeff Goldblum-ception. Yeah. <laughs> There's basically just a group of people walking and more people joining the group. And they're just walking towards like an unknown destination while music plays. I believe in Life Aquatic, it's like Queen Bitch by David Bowie yeah. or something. And in, in, So great. In Buckaroo Banzai, it's like just music just 80s music <laughs> just some type of music yeah, <laughs> yeah the anyway. life Aqu- the life aquatic with all the david bowie stuff is so great to yeah totally put your shit on the table tom um you're selling it you're selling it <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> our producer have has headphones so, oh our producer have headphones <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> tom's I, just smashing the table i can't i can't even set my hands. drink on the table because i'm just so uh, as somebody who also records things i'm like I don't want a drink to fall on anything. I'm so superstitious about it. No, no. I, I noticed Sammy had the little like table protection thing. I was like, oh, that's why Sammy's the best. I guess. <laughs> so I'm uh, sorry, Sammy, if I hurt your ears. Didn't mean to. <laughs> bon- bonsai buckaroo. Buckaroo bonsai. Buckaroo bonsai, yeah. Did you have any notes? I mean, honestly, I don't. I just haven't seen it in a while, and I know that Jeff Goldblum's in it. I want to know if you guys have seen it. What's it about? It's about like a rock star slash scientist slash uh, adventurer slash archaeologist or something. He's like crazy. I think he's also a stuntman or something. Uh, not not played by Jeff Goldblum, played by Peter Weller, oddly enough. That's cool. Wait, Rob- who's Peter Weller? RoboCop. The original RoboCop. Oh. Um, so Jeff Goldblum's in it. I don't remember who he plays really. I just know he's in it and it's an odd movie. I think it's based off of a comic it's, book. Is it Terry Gilliam? It's not. It's oh, it not. isn't. No, it feels like not. a Terry Gilliam title. Yeah. Anytime I like you see pictures of it and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. I just remember there's like weird Rastafarian dreadlocked aliens. And stuff oh God. Like that. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's the whole point of the movie was that it's just so crazy. And this is, Check out how crazy this is, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to say about it. I just wanted to see if you guys had seen it and if you guys had anything to say about it because we good... we fail on that front. Yeah, Sorry. I have nothing to say about that. Okay, uh, <laughs> but life did not find a way in that. Life Aquatic. 
Alistair Hennessy is Jeff Goldblum's character. Such a weird. I, I rewatched a little bit of Life Aquatic the other day, and I was so taken aback by how weird that character is. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum acts very like he's very quirky, but like on top of somebody else's quirk, it's like even weirder. Yeah, it's like even more strange. What made me really love Jeff Goldblum is a scene from that movie where he hits the dog. Bill Murray is sitting down and his and his dog is getting a little impatient. He's just like standing, not running around or anything, and he's kind of like kind of crying and Jeff Goldblum says, "What's your dog's name?" And there's kind of a short pause. Bill Murray says, "Cody." Jeff Goldblum grabs a newspaper, walks up, says, "Be still, Cody," and smacks him with it. And the dog isn't doing anything wrong. And they don't address it. Bill Murray just accepts that it happens. And then Jeff Goldblum just goes and sits down and their conversation continues. They don't show him hitting the dog. It cuts and the dog's off camera. But you hear him like, you know, like, well, Jeff Goldblum's characters in in Wes Anderson movies always have weird relationships with animals. Because in in, uh, Grand Budapest, like the guy, his character's cat gets thrown out the window or whatever by. um, Oh, I didn't even notice that. By. uh, Willem Dafoe's character, who looks like hmm. a weird relationship with animals in Wes Anderson movies. Hmm. Is there another connection with that? I mean, I think those are the only two Wes Anderson movies he's been in. Yeah, he wasn't in Moonrise in... Kingdom, right? No. And he's, what, he's those, not are my, those are like my two least favorite. <laughs> Moonrise and Grand Budapest? Moonrise and Steve, the Life Aquatic. Yeah, it's right? a, that's an... I, I, or no, it, no, no, no. It's, it's Grand Budapest and... Life Aquatic, right? Those are the two that he was in, right? Yeah, those are the two Jeff Goldblum, Wes Anderson movies. Okay, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, maybe okay. maybe that's, you're like, I can't handle Jeff Goldblum. Like, just Jeff Goldblum and Wes Anderson, just maybe they don't mix. It's or... not that. It's just, for some reason, those are the two movies of Wes Anderson's that I that I dislike the most. It, revisiting but... Life Aqu- Aquatic after seeing, like, the brilliance of Grand Budapest, you're sort of like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. But it, it still, like, has, like, great moments. I mean, again, like... Jeff Goldblum. I mean, I really like Jeff Goldblum in Life Aquatic. Like, I feel he he's like some he's like almost like a, a parody of like a Disney villain, where like the huh. joke is that he's like kind of gay in the movie. Okay, and like the last line that he says in Life Aquatic is that like we're all half gay or something like that. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is Wes, what is Wes Anderson saying here? But it's so interesting. It's so he's like so deliciously like in that scene after he like hits the dog. Uh, is he it's Steve Zissou needs to get his boat because the engine blew or after the mutiny or not after the mutiny, but after the like pirates mm-hmm. have like raided the ship and kidnapped Bud Court's character. Um, and he's like, oh, well, I'll tow you. That's fine. I'll help somebody in need. Oh, but here's a list of all my expenses. And then Bill Murray's like, this is more than the cost of my entire expedition. And he's like, eh, it's an estimate. I just love that so much. He yeah. just plays it so well. He like he it's almost like I want to see him as a villain more. Like it makes have me want to see him as a villain. Have you ever seen uh AB Goes Down? No, is he is he a villain in that he's one? He's a bad guy in that oh, one. Oh cool. Yeah, well, I definitely like, want to see that. I mean, that. he's kind of it's weird because he's very gold bloomy in most of it, but then there's a scene where uh he catches up with Igby, I don't remember the context really, but I believe Igby has been with his wife, Jeff Goldblum's wife. And so when when Goldblum catches up with the character of Igby, 
he just like beats the shit out of him. Oh man! And it's like I need to see Jeff whoa. Goldblum beating some somebody. Yeah, up. and you're you're kind of it's it's jarring because you're not used to seeing anything like that. You're like whoa, you know. Well, he also was a villain in Captain Planet. He was the leader of the Rat Pack in the animated series. What? Yeah. What other series of Captain Planet are you talking about? The New Adventures of Captain you know, Planet. The live action series. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you seen that? No. Yes, I have. He he's also in Goosebumps yeah. as Count Dracula. In the new movie? Well, so I was like, oh, I saw he's in Goosebumps, so I'm going to hop over to Netflix. Maybe I can uh-huh. watch it. He is a he's Dracula in a Goosebumps like point and click adventure CD ROM game. No shit. And I like watched a little bit of footage of it. Like, I, I, like I don't know if you guys put links, but like you can throw a link to that or whatever. But like, he's just like he's like whispering, and he's got the like he's got like shitty vampire teeth and like almost like a just the most like cheap like party city esque like Dracula cape. <laughs> and it's like the weirdest it's like yeah it's like totally a point and click adventure uh-huh. it's like goosebumps like carnival or something like that like that's awesome it's okay. like they get jeff goldblum to be in this like point and click adventure like weird. video game from the 90s like that's so weird. weird that he's in a video game oh what other video game is he in yeah that's awesome what is it jurassic world yeah or no not jurassic world. lost uh, the lost, lost world. world the lost world it, apparently there's like a. I was just about to say that yeah, the, ahead, the, yeah. the ending scene He's like, uh, so apparently uh, you got to the end of the game. Uh, great job, I guess. Or like, he's like yeah, so he's like, weirdly uh, cavalier. He's like, uh, go outside and uh, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> go outside. <laughs> something like he says uh, an awesome phrase. Something like, uh, why don't you blow the dust off or something like that? Blow, blow the dust off. Yeah. Like that's not a great way to end a video game. Like yeah. with somebody yeah. just like insulting you for beating the game. A guy from the game insulting you about playing it. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, just go out, uh, go outside here. <laughs> yeah, so let's. Leave uh, Chef Goldblum and let's get into <laughs> drinking stories. Uh, I have a drinking story for this. Do you have one? Uh, margarita? Yeah. Margarita or Jeff? Um, you go ahead. Go ahead. I-, I might have one. All right. So we are drinking margaritas right now. Uh, this isn't a drink I normally, normally will do because it's really sugary. And you have to drink. I feel like I have to drink a lot of them to like get drunk. Even though I just... Stumbled over my words when I was saying <laughs> margarita, I believe. Oh, does tequila not affect you? Or is it just the ratio? Uh, liquor liquor doesn't – well, any alcohol really doesn't affect me unless it's in large quantities, which we've seen in this podcast. It takes four hours of me drinking like hard liquor for it to finally take effect. But years ago, that was a different story. So I had uh, margaritas at uh, Cabo, Cabo Cantina in Santa Monica, Venice, Mm. had two margaritas and had been drinking the entire day. So this happened, uh, this happened about a month after I got hit by a wave and fractured my ankle and hyperextended my knee. So I was already kind of on crutches. So I had like a little gimp to me, whatever. And, uh, you had a gimp all to yourself, (laughs) uh, limp. Oh, okay. Prefer limp? okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, a gimp leg. And so we were in the ocean, and I stepped on a broken bottle in the ocean. Oh. Which I didn't realize at the time because I was so drunk. So I was on crutches and put my shoes on, and I was hobbling. And the next morning, I woke up, and my entire shoe was filled with blood. 
and I had two massive cuts on the bottom of my foot. One was a straight line down in between like uh, like my foot palm, I guess. Foot I guess that's what you call it. Foot palm. And then I had a circular Your arch. Yeah. I had a circular cut in the arch. Ooh. So I was so drunk off of margaritas that I didn't feel it. So you definitely had a little gimp too, yeah. Uh, all to myself there, Tom. A little one all to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time I've I've had margaritas since then. And that oh, was really? probably 2011, 2012. Wait, you haven't had a margarita? <laughs> yeah. I just like, my heart skipped a beat. Margaritas are like the, th- I feel like I have a margarita like once a week. That's awesome. Wow. Um, but I can understand associated with life. this. You probably are like. I only drink, like I really only drink for this podcast or if we have like work parties. That's not true. Uh, is that true? Yeah. I don't drink at home. Okay. Well, you have a very so healthy attitude towards drinking. Yeah, I go. Balls he, get, to the he gets wall. he gets really shitty at yeah. work. Though. Every two weeks, <laughs> annihilated, sleeping under my desk, basically promoting synergy. We were about to go to a meeting the other day, and you're like, "Hey, let's go upstairs." Apparently, they have a bunch of beer. Let's go shotgun one and then go to the meeting. And I'm like, "No." <laughs> of course, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. No, we're absolutely. We're, yeah. <laughs> All right. You can't just say we're going to cut that and then. Uh, That's kind of the running gag of the show is that we always say let's cut that and we never do. My favorite part is when we say, "Oh yeah, we're going to add this right here," like clapping or something, and it's just like it just keeps going. Yeah, <laughs> this is where we add like the crowd booing. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not supposed to do it. That's a joke. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then you'll dub over me. That's oh, and uh, also with this story. Leading into the uh, the fractured ankle and hyperextended knee, um, we were uh, my friends and I were in Malibu when the waves were about ten feet high. They were massive, so we were like trying to avoid getting hit by them, but we're also kind of drinking. So we all had Hawaiian shirts on. We had like I had a, a handlebar mustache at the time, and I got hit by one of these waves, and it like smashed me into the ground. This is how I hyperextended my knee and fractured my ankle. So I had to crawl out of the water. So I was covered in dirt in a Hawaiian shirt and a handlebar mustache. So my hair was like filled with dirt and stuff. I didn't want to go back in the water. So my name for this entire time was Scumbag Dylan because I looked like this dirt ball who just like crawled out from under the pier and went and grabbed lunch with people. <laughs> Scumbag Dylan. <laughs> Scumbag Dylan. I have a before picture too, where my friend is getting ready in the bathroom. So she's like washing her hands or something, and then I'm just in the background or in the background, like sunglasses, handlebar mustache, and shirt, looking like a total creep standing by the toilet. I mean, having a mustache is the delicate balance that I have to deal with every day. You know, some days you're like feeling a little sleazy. Some days I'm feeling a little uncle-y. And then other times it's, it's a, both of them. You know? I get a very Paul F. Tompkins vibe. Oh, I have yeah. been, I have Paul been, I, I, people, people close to Paul F. Tompkins have even called that I, that I look like him. So I feel you like do, but... I earlier 2015 was my being called Paul F. Tompkins every, almost every day. Wow. Like almost for those of you day. who can't see this, <laughs> he uh, looks like Paul F. Tompkins right now. <laughs> who aren't watching this. They're turning into the Periscope stream. Uh, yeah, we no, we're going to do that. I don't know why we didn't. 
<laughs> Duh, I got lazy. So no, I, I, there was definitely a, a big chunk of last year where, I mean, it's just where I chose because I go to like comedy shows. Like last year I was going to comedy shows almost every night. So I would be like, even like uh, Joe DeRosa was like, yeah, ball, like ball of Tompkins or like, uh-huh. or like Lisa Hannawal was just like, yeah, you do look like, but like, that's fine. And I'm just like, Oh, like if uh-huh. these people know this person, well then clearly I'm doing something. And like, yeah. I saw him at LA podcast festival and I was like, we can never make eye contact. Otherwise the like universe will, You're, yeah. yeah, the yeah. universe will implode. <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh-huh. having a mustache, it's just, it's like, it's a delicate balance between looking like a, a scumbag or I have to do, if I do a mustache, I have to do a handlebar mustache. I can't pull off just like the a classic stash? just the upper lip. I have to have like, what I've only like done the mouth, upper lip mouth cracks. You have a good connection though with your beard going on right now. You have a good, like, cause that to me, I feel like with people trying to grow beards, like this is the hardest part that yeah. old connection. And that's my best part. For those of you not watching, uh, I have a beard. I think that your best part is actually the the little bit between like right under your nose, between the right at the center of your lips, right in yeah, right at the very center of your mustache. That's my favorite part. Tom's favorite part of my mustache is my lips. No, not your lips. The the little center like patch, like the <laughs> He's making kisses. Now the question sounds. is, has Jeff Goldblum have you ever seen Jeff Goldblum with a mustache? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like in I Call have. of Duty. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, he's he's he has a, a pencil. Oh, like that's a, so funny. He's got like a twirly mustache. Yeah, right. And bicycle handle. Right. Oh, I'm into it. So, hmm. drinking story for drinking you. Drinking story. Okay. So, I... Okay. So, I was thinking about drinking stories. And this is a good drinking story, but it's also a drinking story where I was alone. So, we'll, we'll see how this goes. But um, I have a San Diego Zoo Pass. Because nice. I love the San Diego Zoo. I love I how this is starting out. <laughs> I, the San Diego Zoo is, is great. And and for people who aren't, I'll get on my little soapbox for a second. Uh, the San Diego Zoo is a great organization because they, you know, it's they're advocates for animals and the environment. And it's really about the zoo part is only to get people to care about to say because it, like it's so hard for people to care about anything. Like if there was no such thing as like a zoo like that, then like people would never care about animals going extinct. So the zoo's mm-hmm. doing great stuff. So I go to the zoo all the time and um, <clears throat> I have a zoo pass and I'm like, Oh, I just like really just need like a me day. Like sometimes you just need to get out of LA for a yeah. day. So I was like, you know what? If I, I'm just going to drive down to the zoo on a Wednesday morning, got there by noon and I'm like, you know, there's that first instinct when you get to, you go to anywhere by yourself and mm-hmm. you're just like, why is everyone looking at me? And like, especially at a zoo where ah. you, especially at a, at a, at a place where there's children and families. <laughs> I don't have this. Especially when you're <laughs> by yourself, then you're really like self-conscious for okay. like a little bit. Someone's coming through the front door. Oh. So I make sure they weren't going to sign it. Right. They did. <laughs> uh, so you're really, you're really self-conscious for the first couple of minutes, but then you just get over it. Uh, if you're ever going to go by yourself anywhere, you're going to go to a bar, you're going to go to anything, bring a moleskin with you. And people are like, Oh, they're an artist or a writer. And then like, nobody gives you a second look. Hmm. So I was just like super into that when I was at the zoo and I'm, because I go all the time, I'm very familiar. So I'm just like sitting there like sketching animals or doing everything. And I'm like, you know what this they could use. And so you go down to the panda, <laughs> the panda exhibit, and that's where they sell margaritas at the San Diego <laughs> zoo. And you, it's like a like a tall, twisty thing. And so I go there and I'm just like drinking a margarita. And I just feel like you just hear like 
the like like staying alive music like playing from Saturday Night Fever. I was like uh, walking through the zoo with my like twisty straw margarita as like every as like all the like like you could see the parents like with their kids. They're just like like I want to be that must be classically trained sex symbol sex symbol and. I mean, it's funny because I was just like, well, I'm just like, this is a me day. So I'm just like totally going to have fun with it. But they ended up like, like ended up like going even further than that. Where like, because the San Diego Zoo celebrating their hundred year anniversary. So they have like a wall of like all their accomplishments and we save these animals from extinction and stuff. So then I'm just drinking my margarita, just like, and they saved all the pandas. <laughs> I'm just like starting to like almost like cry. And it's just like, this has got to be the weirdest sight. So like, so we can go from Tony Montana to like, Weeping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tanya Montana. Tanya Montana. Yeah, she was oh. a crier. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you go from Tanya Montana to Tanya Montana. So that that's my that's my margarita story, and I recommend anyone that needs a me day, just bring a moleskin with you somewhere or a sketchbook, have a margarita, and nobody will judge you. You'll in probably, fact, you'll probably start crying. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll be, and everyone will be jealous. And you'll have a good. I cry. do see a huge difference. So I did stand up for a couple of years, and if I had a notepad with me, I felt like people treated me differently. Like it was like, oh, cool, yeah. He's... They're here for a purpose. They're not just well, a loony. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying like going to like Walmart or anything. But if I if I went to like, <laughs> like comedy shows shop. or if I was at a coffee shop or right. restaurant or something, and I had a notepad with me and I was alone, I felt like people were. Were a little different. Like they weren't didn't treat me better or anything like that. But it, this guy's gonna be here for a while. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. He's okay. here with a purpose. Let's get yeah. rid of him. Right. <laughs> he might get another latte in a couple hours because he still right. sees the Wi-Fi. Yeah. So uh, I have a as far as margaritas go, I have a bit of a story. Um, when I was like eighteen, uh, I graduated from high school in Zurich, Switzerland, uh, which is weird in and of itself, but. Um, my parents and I that summer decided to go on a cruise through like the Scandinavian fjords, which is so weird. It seems the furthest thing away from a margarita. Yeah, but I they <laughs> served I hadn't had a margarita in years because I'd been in like I I'm from Texas and so like margaritas are a thing there. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh but they served margaritas, like these awesome frozen, you know, blended margaritas on this cruise ship. And uh, so I drank a shit ton of them and I got so drunk off of margaritas all of a sudden uh, one night, like there was, there's not much to do on this cruise ship. Cause I was like with my parents, it was just, I was like, you know, it was just me. I was the only person that was my age within my family, you know, <clears throat> and all the other kids that were my age were like going to their like non-alcoholic, uh, you know, clubs like there's like a club for like teens and stuff you yeah, can go there yeah, yeah. And just, you know an alcohol-free environment just have fun <laughs> um <clears throat> i wasn't doing that i was drinking margaritas with my parents and hanging out <clears throat> and so um so i went to the bathroom at one point because i needed to like i think i all of a sudden needed to like dump out or something i needed to <laughs> take a dump and like so i'm feeling kind of so, feeling kind of heavy right now so, i gotta dump out so i i go to the bathroom and you know you, you know when you need to go to a stall you uh do the thing where you um like 
lean down and kind of check and see if anybody's in there. Their feet. Their feet. Right, right. (laughs) So I do that. And right as I'm doing that, there's one guy in the stalls. He heard me come in and he bends his head down. (laughs) Oh, no. So we, we, and so we make eye contact. No. And he goes, and so I panicked. Wait, how old were you again? I was 18. Okay. I panicked, and I didn't know what to do. So I go, hey, what's up? (laughs) And then, uh, so then I was like, okay. So then I go into the stall that's furthest from him, and I, you know, take care of business, whatever. He leaves. Yeah, I dump out. He he leaves. Uh, So then um, the cruise still has like a few days (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to go so i start seeing this guy around <laughs> well yeah it's like and, a, it's like a car once you see yeah. a prius and you see priuses everywhere right and so then he starts and every time he sees me he goes he was like swiss and he was like hey what's up <laughs> like in in his like weirding his weird swiss accent in the english like hey what's up <laughs> so like he took that as a cue to be like, this is the guy that I say, hey, what's up to all the time. Yeah, it's a little cruise. inside joke together. Yeah, it was like we had That's a connection. Hilarious. We had a connection. So That's the fucking funniest thing about bathroom stalls. So uh, I'm from northern New York. So when I fly home, I fly into Syracuse Airport. Mm-hmm. Syracuse Airport's uh, like stalls, are they, they start about three feet up. Mm-hmm. So there's... Like, people can see your knees. So if people are oh, short, they can see everything that's happening. And not only is there a large gap at the bottom, but there's there's about, an, like, half an inch between the door and where the door closes. So you can also see from below, and you can also see from the side. So it's like, you need to be quick. That is fucking hilarious. That you, yeah. I've every, never made every eye time, contact with someone. Every time, every time I drink margaritas, I think about like, hey, what's up? Ben <laughs> or whatever his name is. Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that's my story. So, Stephen. Yes. Our dear boy. Uh, you write for Geek and Sundry. Yes. I am uh, a freelance contributor. Um, and, yeah, it's been – by the time this comes out, it'll be like a few months and – it's really good. It's really nice because when you, I think when you write for the internet, um, you're. It's great because you get to write, you get to put stuff out there. But a lot of times you don't have, you don't have that. Like I think if you, I think before people used to get more feedback, and so I love I love writing for Geek and Sundry because their editors there are really like critical of my writing, mm-hmm. and I feel like that makes that's made me like a better writer within the last few months just like when you have somebody that's like hey why is that important you're like oh i just wanted to write about star wars you know or whatever and it's like why why would people care about this and you're like oh okay and like it really it's been great and i feel like i've written a lot of things for them that i really am like cool i feel really good about this so are these are these kind of like blog posts or are they social media posts or uh i do i do articles and pieces um you know, it's a lot of list kind of things, but, or like a lot of introductory stuff. So mm-hmm. like, um, one of the pieces that I really liked, was, I talked about a lot of, um, it was my first piece for Geek and Sundry. I wrote about, uh, nonfiction sort of like 
self-help biography kind of stuff that a lot of people in the geeky community wrote in 2015. So like Felicia Day's biography, hmm. Patton Oswald's book about his like addiction to film. Oh yeah. I've uh, read that. Yeah. It, uh, the silver screen fiend, silver screen fiend yeah. and uh, uh, Emily V Gordon, uh, producer of the meltdown writer mm-hmm. on the Gerard Carmichael show. She was a therapist and she wrote a book called yeah. super you that was amazing. And so it felt really good to talk about something like that. Um, that, you know, people aren't necessarily maybe talking about in that sense. And in Geek and Center is really great. And they really like, we're like, yeah, write about that. Like, talk about like the fact that like everyone's kind of fucked up. And it's like these books are like kind of around that. Like now people are talking about that kind of stuff, like right. mental health and things. Mm-hmm. And so That's that cool. was like a piece. Like if, if I had to like recommend a piece to check out, that was definitely one of the ones that I would like. I feel very proud of and like excited that I got to write it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know of Geek and Sundry until we talked about this on the last podcast, but um, I'm, I made a, a Star Wars photo of uh, Maz Kanata with the Golden Girls. Yeah, and it'd be and, a viral hit. Yeah, it, it was all over the internet. And Geek and Sundry posted about it on Twitter. And they gave me credit, which was awesome because they were the first like big, like, you know, big website or <laughs> to anyone actually to give actually credit. like, yeah, to respect, you know, their the artist or whatever. Well, I mean, Geek and Sundry is great in that sense, too, that they are very supportive of the writers because a lot of times they'll post the articles, but they're very encouraging of, like, getting the authors' names Mm -hmm. out there as well, too. And I feel like, like, I'm just going to put that out there. I think a lot of other websites could really learn from Geek and Sundry in that sense, like, because, you know, if you're, I mean, that's, I think, any good company, uh, if they're going to be a good company, like, you really want to make the people who work for you feel uh, value and worthwhile. Yeah. And so they're like, Hey, like your great article and like people should follow you as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that's cool. You know? And that like seems such a novel thing now in a way, but like, um, th- they're doing stuff like that where again, they're crediting people properly and it's really all about that. And yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. It's really nice. Like it was a, it was just a dumb image that I did that took 20 minutes to do and I posted it. But like getting credit for that was was nice because I've worked for companies where not the one I'm with now because I've gotten some good credit there. But uh, some former companies I worked for are just like, oh, yeah, we we made this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's post it like there's design work of mine that's been on every like L.A. Metro like mm-hmm. bus and all the billboards and stuff. And it's just and my former boss's name is on it when yeah. he said this is a terrible idea, but it, I mean, it was, it was a big thing. So even little stuff like that, I feel like anyone who's doing something artistically, whether it's writing, design, film, anything, people should get credit for it because like a lot of us do this shit without getting paid. Yeah. And like getting known for doing something is what really like helps us out. Yeah. I just think it's always smart to, um, just to make the people who are doing this feel good and yeah. to, it doesn't hurt a company to be like that person made it. Yeah. Right. Follow them on Twitter or whatever, you and know, a little like, add a boy goes, a, goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, really that it really does. And I feel like that would just make, you know, we all like in general, new media and entertainment industry. It's just like, we're all, we're all game to do this. It's just like, but if those little steps can be made, then it just makes everyone, feel yeah. even better about it so mm-hmm. yeah i really like writing for geek and Sundry, so i hope to keep doing it that for as long as should, i can <laughs> you keep doing it so. and then also with writing uh you released Malo- uh, molding. 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 molding molding making a Jurassic 
universe. Molding a Jurassic Yeah, yeah. That, you did that uh, 2014? Uh, 2015. It came 2015. out. The Thought Catalog was the publisher, and they have a great like um, sort of ebook publishing program uh, that I was really happy to be part of. I mean, it's like my, it's my first book technically. So, uh, you know, it was really fun to write and, you know, it released right before Jurassic world came out. So it was like a great, um, primer almost to like, yeah. cause it's like, we're all, every old franchise is being resurrected now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, my book was almost in a way like, Hey, remember Jurassic park, remember Jurassic park. There was three of them actually, because right. most people just think of the one movie. Yeah. Right. And like, what like what's interesting about these original movies is any of this going to be important for when they do the new one mm-hmm. right and i mean you know i not to chew my own horn but i feel like a lot of the stuff i was writing about in my book like cuz that's the thing cuz we're always so we're writing if you if you're if you're a writer it's always so based on these like cycles of like what's this movie coming out or what's this you know based on what's popular or whatever and it's right. like i feel good in a way that you can read my book even after Jurassic World comes out and it's completely relevant. And like, I feel like all the points I was making still held. It wasn't like Jurassic World came around and was like, oh shit, my book is no longer, you know, useful Not, or anything. Right. It's like, no, this, like, I feel like people could read my book now and they'll be like, oh yeah, totally. Like this totally fits into what all this stuff. And it's like this perfect little time capsule yeah. of like, because now Jurassic World kind of like Star Wars is now in a new phase as I just bumped the mic. Um, Star Wars is like in a new phase. And so in the Jurassic Park franchise is now entering a new phase. And so right. I feel like my book is like a great little like souvenir of like what it was like before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like I can, like I can imagine like Star Wars stuff before the prequels came out is like of a time. And then now like yeah. Star Wars stuff before the force awakens is of it. Like yeah. these like perfect little time capsules of what um, society and what like are the geek community was like thinking of this franchise at the time and i so i feel like i hope i i i I feel confident that my book is like very clearly placed in this time oh yeah absolutely i i just read it um i started reading it yesterday and read most of it today thank you but um it you're welcome (laughs) but uh, and i've seen jurassic world and i there there wasn't a point in the book where i was like this doesn't fit like i felt like ever the points you were making were very valid no thank you and um and it really does feel like all these new movies that are coming out are the people, you know, the directors and writers going back saying, we need to right the wrongs of other <laughs> stuff well, that we've done. It's interesting because like, well, go ahead. Finish your point. Because uh, I touched on this earlier, but, uh, you know, Jurassic World steals a lot from the book that Jurassic Park yeah, did. it was like it was like almost yeah. all the leftovers of Jurassic yeah. Park. That's, that's kind of what the sequels did, right? Like every the, every the Jurassic one? Park sequel is basically just taking stuff from the original book. Like Michael Crichton right. packed so much into that first book, they couldn't that, use like, it all. Yeah, that every Jurassic Park sequel has literally been like, "Oh, mm-hmm. cool, we'll use this. Here's the Avery stuff, or like here's this these ideas on like gene splice. You know, it's like we'll save right. that for this right. the sequels. It's like weird that book is like a gift that keeps on giving. It it seems like Jurassic World is almost kind of a commentary in and of itself on uh on reboots and trying to like reinvigor- reinvigorate a property or something. Oh, because yeah, yeah, totally. Because like um. <laughs> You know, you have that character, like the Jake Johnson character, who's who wears the Jurassic Park T-shirt yeah. in the movie, and and you know he's all about like, oh yeah, it's all about the original park. That's the that's the park that 
you know, that we originally wanted to make. I'm all, I'm a purist, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, the, and he kind of poo poos the whole idea of like, Oh, we're making an Indominus Rex. We're making this like crazy hybrid, weird dinosaur that every, just, we got to keep the audiences coming in. Yeah. It's yeah. Coming on know? the idea of like rebooting it bigger and exactly better. making it bigger, yeah. better and have it be like the, the Pepsi, you know, Pepsi Indominus Soros. Rex. Yeah. Or something <laughs> Pepsi like Verizon that. wireless presents. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the next two Jurassic World movies because I feel like they'll get a chance to strike out on their own and be their own thing mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of just commenting on the old movies. Now they can kind of be f- refreshed. Let's hope that they bring back uh, Ian Malcolm. Yeah, like, like oh, I said I earlier in the so. podcast, like he shows up right at the end. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, if he, if life he, finds mean, a way, motherfucker. You know, like yeah, yeah. life... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> yeah. Credits. Credits. Yeah. And it's just him laughing the entire credits. Just ambience and <laughs> um do you think that Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum should get back together to do <laughs> bring the band back together. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see them those both three. back. I, I think that the well, three, yeah. the the general premises that I get what they're gonna do with Jurassic World two and three, um lead to the idea that they could come back, but I think it's almost if they, but they're going to come back in a supporting capacity. And I think that's more interesting Mm -hmm. kind of do what the force awakens did. I mean, really force awakens is a great model for how to like reboot a franchise in that sense of like show the old characters, but like make the new characters engaging enough that you want to follow them onto new adventures. Because We we have to have Chris Pratt back and we have to have Bryce Dallas. Yeah. They're, they're both coming back. So yeah. Um, Children and, Judy Greer. Did you guys ever realize? <laughs> I saw her. I saw her in Larch Month the other day. Oh, Judy Greer. Yeah, she was on her phone. Good place for her. Yeah, she was going to some lunch. You know, maybe discussing her contract for Jurassic World too. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, you, you heard it first here. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> um, you guys realize that Jurassic Park is basically the story of how a guy who hates kids comes to like kids. Yeah, and there's dinosaurs in it. There just happens to be dinosaurs. Yeah. It's like a well. I mean, all '90s movies are about like Most divorced like dads yeah. who like at, have to learn to appreciate their children. Yeah, look at Force Awakens. What Harrison Ford hates kids, hates his kid, and then he learns to love Ray and Finn, and he's like, you know what? I hope my son comes. Ah, oh, that's crazy. I there we go. Know. Every movie is about a guy who hates kids who learns to like them. Well, he had to learn to uh, like them. They're not so bad, you know. Joy. <laughs> so also with writing. Uh, we we also mentioned this earlier. You are a family member of Hello Lion Face, yes. the podcast network that we are both on. Mama Lion, Sammy Junio, and yeah, killing Sam- it. Samantha it. Joy Marie Junio. Uh, what did I miss? Samantha Rosal. Samantha Joy Marie Rosal. Junio. 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 Soccer goal. Um, with the podcast. Yeah, the prr, oh god. Now I've been drinking for a while. The podcast. Say it, Tom. Uh, three R's. The podcast. The podcast. Yes, it's a cat podcast. It sells <laughs> itself, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that all we're gonna say about it? Oh, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, cop, I, cat so, podcast. Uh, give we're me done. the elevator pitch. You go. Uh, talking to cat people because we can't talk to their cats. Sold. That's going to be on a t-shirt okay. eventually. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have a great time. I mean, people love talking about their pets, whether it's cats or dogs. And 
or birds or lizards or whatever you got. Um, dinosaurs or dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we like, we, we talk to comedians and we talk to creative people and I mean, you know, it's funny cause when we started, we we're like only talk to people who currently have pets right now. And then it's like, Oh no, everybody's got stories. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so grateful and like happy that like, as we've been doing it, um, as of the time of this recording, I think we've almost hit our 30th episode oh, wow. since September. Awesome. And, um, it's like there's no shortage of people that like want to talk to us. And it's yeah. like I'm so happy that this is like a thing that people were interested in. And like like we've done episodes with like comedian Eliza Skinner and Dave Ross. And like um, we did one with uh, uh, Avi Kahada who runs X-Files News, which is like the biggest X-Files uh, mm. like fan site. Mm-hmm. And so it's like <laughs> all these people from all walks of life are like, wait, I want to tell you about my cat. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, let's do this. And it's just been like the one of the most fun projects I've ever engaged with. My co-host Sarah Iyer and I are just like having a blast. That's the best great. Time. So if you, I mean, even if you don't like, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you don't like cats, but like, I feel like you would still enjoy it. I mean, you know, Hello Lion Face also has the dog podcast with Monique Madrid, yep. which is amazing. Two as Girls, well. One Pup. Two Girls, One Pup, it's great. Um, I feel like we'll, we'll, that would make like a good double feature. Actually, you know what you do? You have a drink with Mame. We get drunk, talk you about cats drunk, and dogs. You you do that, and then, yeah, we talk about cats and dogs. And then Julian from Word with Friend comes in. He gives us we, a word. Yeah, and he gives us a word, and we're just like... <laughs> and then there's just the whole... And then we like start group texting with Aaron and Melissa. All right, we're setting this up. <laughs> Absolutely. We're the goodness. Avengers of podcasts. We're going to do it. I want to do like, some sort of monthly thing with Nerd Melt, where it's like one podcast each month. And it goes on for how many ever months I have a podcast, but it's uh, would, would a like Avengers a, would you like podcast. A mic? Hmm? Would you like a mic? No, no. I've rejected enough. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we're gonna set that up. I would up. I, I would love to do more set Hello Lion Face stuff. Um, hashtag Hello Lion Face. Search hash, that shit. Hashtag Search it. Blessed. Hashtag grateful. Hashtag <laughs> bleast. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Nagrin. Alright, so Sad to do this, but we will be ending this episode. And I'm almost done with my third drink. And to end this episode, we would like for you to give us a cheers, a toast, something to... I mean, I think really the most appropriate thing is to, you know, you want to sell it, you want to sell it. You put it on a plastic lunchbox. And... We're banging the table. We're banging the table. And we're laughing because we're all Jeff Goldblum on the inside. We want to be a sexy... Uh, sexy scientist, sex symbol. Sexy, classically trained. Classic, so classic to classically train sex symbol. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mandy. I love you. Happy birthday, Mandy. I also love you in a different way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Drink with Me.